Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on the Legal Talk Network. Today's episode is about physical plant. It's funny, I haven't done uh, a whole lot of physical plant episodes um, in the past year, and now we've done two, I think, in the past three or four. But uh, quite honestly, it's it's probably the most overlooked part about law firm businesses. And uh, when you go to sell or uh, value your business, people often find that their physical plant, which constitutes the systems that the people use to run the business, often encompasses the greatest part of the value of their business. Our title today is Artificial Intelligence and Small Law Firms, Adversary or Ally. And my guests today are Alex Babin and Ryan Stedman of Zero. Now, Zero is a company dedicated to the mission of applying artificial intelligence and smart automation to the most pressing operational challenges of the legal industry. And we're going to be hearing from them about how artificial intelligence can be applied to small law firms, where its dangers are, and where its real benefits are. Um, we're going to learn how artificial intelligence can operate inside a small law firm business, how it can enhance the lives of the owners, the employees, and most of all, the clients. And of course, I am your host, Christopher Anderson. I am an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers achieve success with their law firm businesses as they define their own success. In the Unbillable Hour every month, we explore an area important to help you grow your revenues, get back more of your time, and or get more professional satisfaction from your business. The Unbillable Hour is dedicated to helping lawyers achieve freedom through their businesses and our guests like our guests today, help you learn more about how to make your law firm business work for you instead of the other way around. But as always, before we get started, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsors, Answer One, Solo Practice University, Scorpion, and Law Clerk. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800 800- Answer One or online at www.answerone.com. And again, that's www, the little dot, answer, then the number one, then another dot, com. Solo Practice University is a great resource for solos no matter how long you've been practicing. Make sure you check out solopracticeuniversity.com and learn how to run your practice better. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Law Clerk, where attorneys hire freelance lawyers. There are no sign-up or monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at www.lawclerk.legal. And once again, today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is Artificial Intelligence in Small Law Firms, Adversary or Ally. And my guests are Alex Babin, who is the CEO, and Ryan Stedman, the Chief Revenue Officer of Zero. Gentlemen, welcome to the Unbillable Hour. 
Hello, Christopher. Thanks for having us. You're very, very welcome. Um, so first of all, Ryan and, uh, and Alex, I think, Ryan, you're going to take this one, but uh, I notoriously do a terrible job of inter- introducing, not interviewing, I think I do a good job of interviewing, but a bad job of introducing my guests. So I'd like you to just take a moment, please, and let the audience know, you know I told them that you're the CEO, uh, that Alex is the CEO, and Ryan, that you're the Chief Revenue Officer of Zero. but uh, a little bit about your background and what is Zero, um, and uh, we'll get on into the uh, real questions of the show. Sure thing. Uh, so my background is business process reengineering. I've been involved with working with law firms across the Atlantic and the United Kingdom and the US for close to two decades. Uh, and my good colleague Alex has an engineering background who uh, has a real interest in automation and specifically focusing on how to automate and streamline some of the boring business processes <laughs> that uh, that are inflicted on on attorneys and anyone really who's uh, uh, who's, who's experienced the pain of, of dealing with emails and compliance within law firms. Um, we got together a little over a year ago, interestingly, after starting a conversation over a coffee. Uh, I was very curious about what the zero tech uh, capabilities look like. Um, Alex and I got on very well, and we are here a year later. Well, fantastic. And I think that just really dovetails into what we talk about at the Unavailable Hour. You know, those those business processes, automating things, delegating things are really the key to turning what a lot of our uh, listeners start with, which is a law firm job or a law firm practice and really turning it into a business. Um, but in this conversation, we're going to talk, we're going to focus in on the concept of artificial intelligence. We're in the legal industry. We're Hearing more and more about it, um, we're we're starting to get uh, marketing around it, and and uh, you know we're hearing horror stories, scary stories, and opportunity stories around it. So, if you don't mind, what I'd like to do is start with just talking about what is it. Um, you know, we hear artificial intelligence, we hear AI, but what is it really? And 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 then you know, of course, what isn't it? The concept of artificial intelligence is a very broad subject. It has its roots in mathematics, in algorithms, in coefficiency weighting, so on and so forth. But how that really applies to the day in the life of an attorney is quite simple. Um, What artificial intelligence as a term is designed to do, at least in the legal space, is to help streamline and automate some of the incremental business processes that attorneys and their support staff would benefit from. If we go back to the early 1900s when uh, engineers started building the concept of autopiloting aircrafts, Mm -hmm. that was in, in principle based on a similar kind of philosophy. What is it that can be automated where a pilot of a plane could focus more on um, you know, driving uh, an aircraft. Well, similar concepts apply across various industries. Um, when it comes to the legal industry, what artificial intelligence goals are is to streamline and automate a lot of the administrative, manual, and cumbersome business processes that really create a lot of scar tissue or drag mm. uh, during the life cycle of a matter. Um, some of those processes we've addressed very simply, um, which are really quite boring, to be honest. <laughs> One of them is email management, and the other is time entry. So with the technology that Zero has built, we've managed to quite successfully remove and re-engineer 
some of the business processes that attorneys are are confronted with. Uh, something as simple as understanding what an attorney goes through in his or her day-to-day life by way of managing and filing emails as one uh, business process to how much time they spend investing in creating narratives for their time entries and quite literally getting down to a microscopic level of how many keystrokes and how many buttons uh, do they need to press in order to create a time entry. So those are the levels of uh, um, evaluation that we went through when building the application and the the end goal was to try and remove as many of those mouse clicks or key entry strokes as possible and to hand that off onto something far more intelligent uh, not rather more intelligent but just more geared towards removing and dealing with the administrative burden of matter management specifically relating to email management and and time management yeah, well, I think, I mean, for me, those two hit on really, two really important um, parts of law firms because, you know, independent of, you know, this is the first time we're talking. Um, but, you know, I've done other research and, and encountered other problems uh, that are really the bugaboos of solos and small law firms. Um, and so I'll just say you know, just a couple of data points that, that I'm familiar with email. When I was uh, still practicing full time, I got on average 500 emails a day. And without even talking about the time it takes to answer them, um, respond to them, or do something in response to them. Just opening them, taking a glance at them, and then filing them and not doing anything. 10 seconds, give that 10 seconds per email, that's 85 minutes a day, an hour and, 50, uh, an hour and 25 minutes of every day, or seven hours a week just looking at them and not doing anything. Um, and so, and, and Clio did a recent study and put that number substantially higher for small law firm owners. The other piece that you mentioned was, was time entry. Um, and in time entry, I think the bugaboo is that not only, I think what you talked about was re- removing clicks, reducing clicks, reducing the time involved in making time entries, which again would be a huge savings. But what uh, a recent Clio study found was that I think on average law firm owners are billing or managing to enter less than two hours a day. I think it was like 1.3 or 1.5. And when I did a study back about five years ago, it was like 40% of time was lost. So these are two huge pain points in law firms uh, that that you've attacked. That's true, Christopher. And, uh, you know, the underlying engine that uh, does some of this magic stuff is presented to the user on their devices seamlessly. Um, so the look, you know, uh, attorneys. One of the one of the wrinkles with introducing concepts around artificial intelligence or any new kind of technology is building a sense of trust and building a sense of familiarity in the software that uh, that attorneys are using. So with that um, expectation that we had, the software needed to look like, behave like, and have very similar characteristics to any email mobile client that attorneys are currently using. And it looks like Apple Mail. It behaves like Apple Mail. It has very similar characteristics to Apple Mail. But there are a whole bunch of other things that have been built into the capability. So for example, what you've just described, having a look at your 500 emails a day, how do you even know where to start? 
Yeah. And even should you. Um, so yeah, that, and I think having a tool that, that really works the way that we, that people work is, is key. But let me, let me just turn that because you brought up the word trust. And so I want to turn the conversation a little bit now to that issue because a lot of what we're hearing, you know, as I, you know, I, I'm still a lawyer. They never let you out of the club. I still own a law firm. And one of the things that we're hearing, particularly in the small law firm space, is that artificial intelligence is coming for our jobs, right? They're coming for our businesses. It's going to be the demise of small law firms. So can you, can, uh, what do you guys speak a little bit to whether, whether artificial intelligence shouldn't be perceived as a threat to the entire legal profession or at least to small law firms? Chris, I, I, I would not call it a threat. Uh, I'd rather call it an evolution of uh, legal profession. The same mm-hmm. way it happened with uh, many other industries, like let's say transportation. At some point, it became more convenient to use a car instead of uh, for com- to commute in- instead of riding a horse, right? And at some point, people were considering uh, this uh, change, dramatic change in transportation, to be a threat, but. Now it's a it's a way of life. No one in uh, will, will think about riding a horse now to the office. So the same things happen with every industry. Machines and AI and artificial in, uh, intelligence, as we call it, is better with some tasks, and will always be some repetitive tasks like document comparison, data analysis, data data mm-hmm. mining, similar things. There is no way people can be better with these things uh, because people, they're limited with the productivity capacity. We have uh, a huge gap here because we have two, two eyes, two hands, and there is no <laughs> way we can... Let, let me put it this way. Let's say instead of 500 emails, you are getting 1,000 emails a day. Yeah. So that would eat up all of your time, right? Just processing it. Machines are good at, let's say, prioritizing those emails, putting the important things at the top. The best example is Google. Let's say you go to Google and search for something, and instead of the relevance or urgency or importance uh, as a result, you get uh, the results based on the time the web page has been created. Right? <laughs> that would yeah. be a mess. That's not yeah. a search, how search engine works. So let's get back to email now. For example, right now your emails, your 500 emails are sorted based on time received, not based on urgency or importance or relevance to you. So machines are really good at prioritizing those parameters. And let's say with a push of a button, you get your emails sorted based on importance. So you can get to the top 10 important emails and you have no email anxiety of uh, leaving something behind. So these kind of tasks machines are really good at. And if we put it into use, that would be not not a threat. That would be enhancing our capabilities. So it's automation of business processes. So business of law can be effectively automated to make people more productive and focus on important stuff, on billable stuff, on actually delivering value to the client yeah. instead of those administrative things. So if we if we look at this direction, it's not a threat. It's it's a very useful technology that can help uh, a lot with the productivity. Sure, and I can see that. I mean, certainly the, the two things that we've talked about, the email in my law firm, nobody's going to pay me to sort through all the emails describing, you know, what body parts I can enlarge or shrink or um, who's got a stash of money that just needs a special uh, formula to uh, to remove the black ink from it or anything like that. I mean, like that's just wasted time and that's a lot of the email. Um, so it's not, you know, you're not incre- introducing an efficiency that reduces my billable hours. So I totally get that. 
Um, the same thing with the entry of time. Though I think you hit on a really good point. You said it lets you focus on the things that that are billable, that are that bring value to the clients. Is that how you see most artificial intelligence being applied? Uh, so let, let me put it this way: Are these the mail and the the time entry? Are these the kind of applications? Are there other kind of applications you see as helping law firms? There are, Christopher. There's a, there's a whole spectrum of AI-driven applications that have come to the fore over the last three to five years. Things like contract review. It doesn't help with billables or billable targets. In fact, if anything, it reduces those. But what it allows firms to do is to scale, to find and to retain clients because they're becoming more competitive. They're adopting first mover, fast mover advantages over the firm down the road that hasn't uh, introduced the concept of automation or machine learning or AI as an overarching theme. So how applications or how artificial intelligence applications help law firms? It helps them do many things, but essentially, It helps them become more productive. It helps them deliver a quicker service to their clients. It helps them retain uh, those clients. And ultimately, what that means is better relationships, hopefully more profitability for the firm, but greater productivity as well. They don't need to outsource a lot of the administrative stuff that just seems to be inherently part of matter management to resources internally at a firm. They can outsource those things to a machine. Yeah. Uh, and unlocking the downtime that attorneys, legal assistants, paralegals, even the receptionist has um, at a law firm. They can really start focusing on value generating um, work that brings them closer to their clients because they now have access to tools that automate a lot of the things that previously have not been have not allowed them to bill their clients like the administrative drag yeah no that makes total sense so i'm talking uh, this is chris Frenich. i'm talking with alex babin and ryan stedman um, on the unbillable hour here about artificial intelligence in small law firms and uh, we've uh, been talking about uh, whether or not ai or artificial intelligence is a threat and how these applications can be helpful to small law firms when we come back from this break uh, i'm going to be asking them at what roles in a law firm would have the most interest in ai like what roles should be focusing on it and why. Um, and we'll get back from this break in just a moment. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. Ready to create and build your own solo or small farm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals, Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than a thousand classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. 
Welcome back to the Unbillable Hour. So we're talking with Alex Babin and Ryan Stedman uh, of Zero. And uh, we left off talking about uh, how artificial intelligence can actually be a, a help uh, to help, I think the way Ryan put it was unlock some of the downtime of people in the law firm to do what's more valuable in their businesses. So I wanted to come back and ask this question, which is who, what roles or which people at a law firm at this stage should have the most interest in AI and why? I thought you guys could uh, maybe speak to that. Yes, of course. You mentioned that when you were a practicing attorney in a, in a big firm that actually those administrative drags were a huge part of your um, daily routine. So basically, with AI and especially with the business of law, those uh, mundane tasks, anyone uh, who is involved in the client matter lifecycle should be interested in getting back about 20-30% of their time back. Mm-hmm. So uh, the recent research is, uh, show that uh, at least 20 or 30% of our time is being spent on managing emails, documents, and those things that attorneys or legal professionals cannot effectively uh, bill for. And this time can be automated. So let's put it the, the, the question this way. If you want to get this uh, 20%, 30% of your time back, you is interested in uh, AI and uh, specifically in zero to automate those processes. And I don't think any uh, attorney ever went to law school with the idea uh, in his her mind of doing those uh, email management things, right? Yeah, nobody told us. Exactly. No one told you in the first year saying, hey, that's what you're going to spend your time on. Yeah. And no, one, no attorney ever said, oh, can I get more emails to file or more emails to manage? So let's machine do that. And um, basically every attorney, every associate, every secretary or assistant, anyone who is involved with a matter, uh, client matter lifecycle should be interested in getting this time back. Yeah, well, I would. I would certainly think so. And you're absolutely right. I mean, this is. Uh, I often uh, liken it to uh, you know, take us back to the 1950s, right? You're just thinking of of lawyers dressed up like uh, like uh, characters in Mad Men, and they're all working in their offices. Uh, you know, the busy day things. You hear the typewriters clicking, and all of a sudden, the mailman comes in and dumps the big bag of mail at the reception desk. And like you just imagine if it was now you go forward to 20, uh, 2019 and all the lawyers will be pouring out of their offices and ripping open the envelopes at the reception desk to look at the mail like that would never have happened. And it sounds to me like you know, we, we've gotten like way off the rails and it sounds to me like this technology is going to help to bring us back to focusing on the important work. But you know, one of the things that kind of strikes me in thinking about this is it all sounds great. It almost sounds like a magic pill, like, oh, just, you know, just sprinkle a little AI and this email problem goes away. But when I, when a lot of lawyers think about this, one of the worries is, I'm going to ask you, you know, isn't implementing AI to really be able to handle your email one of those projects that's just going to take months and months or even years to get it right and to not be worried about what slips through the cracks? In fact, it depends on what kind of business processes uh, attorneys are looking to address with the use of AI. When we speak about email management, it's a very turnkey solution. We've had instances where within five days, law firms have already realized the full gains of automating email management, streamlining emails by importance. And all of that heavy lifting is really done on the user's device. Uh, So there's no need for 
hardcore backend infrastructure or reconfiguring services in the sky. You know, so depending again on which business processes are to be addressed, that dictates how long or what the journey map looks like for implementing a solution like artificial intelligence. There certainly are some very quick wins, uh, which are generally somewhat turnkey, and they mesh into the existing business processes or the existing infrastructure of of a, a law firm. On the other end of the spectrum, if the artificial intelligence or business process reengineering outcomes mean taking multiple business processes that need to be re-engineered, then obviously that has an impact on how long that, that journey may look like. Uh, but, but with the two, two of the core business processes with regards to email management and time entry, the technology that we've built snaps in to the existing processes. Um, so it's not, it's not as, um, as complicated or as exotic as a lot of uh, the kinds of implementations that, that law firms embark on. Right, because you're much less, it sounds like, with these two at least anyway, you're less re-engineering the process and more taking over automation of a process that's already become, it already is redundant and replicable, but just putting that to the machine instead of to an attorney or, or even a paralegal or an administrative person whose time could be spent doing better things. That's correct. And I would like to add some color here. Yeah. There are two types of machine learning and artificial intelligence. The one that needs to be trained and engineered from the ground up to actually fill uh, the gaps of those processes or automate them. Yeah. And the second type is that self-learning, which is actually true AI, that actually analyzes how users behave, what the processes they're already using, and tries to streamline those without actually interrupting the way they do things. So basically, you don't have to learn new tricks. Right. It's just the machine helps you, guides you, and tells you, hey, this is how it should be done. Or at some points, just does the job for, for you. Mm -hmm. So um, in the case of the second way uh, of implementing AI, it's much less uh, intrusive and stressful for users because we all have our own habits. We, we work with email the way we, we got used to. And uh, sometimes it's uh, very hard or even impossible to make people change their habits. So the, the right AI solution, right machine learning solutions help people without actually making them change the processes um, themselves. That's the key component of success uh, for implementing any solution, not just AI, but with AI and machine learning, it's specifically important. Yeah, well, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense. You know, it, it kind of has me thinking about uh, elevators. I, I know, like people don't realize it, but uh, in in big office buildings, um, AI has been incorporated into the management of elevators going up and down for a long time, and for a long time, it was invisible. And only recently, you know, have we now started to have the elevators without buttons inside. But the AI came along a long time before that. I would like to give you one example. So in physics, yeah. the ideal machine, the ideal instrument is the one that doesn't exist or invisible, but the job is done. Yeah, yeah. The same, the same can be applied to everything. So if, if you don't see it, if you don't feel it, but the job is done, this is the ideal or close to ideal machine or, uh, or tool or solution. 
Absolutely. Absolutely great. All right. So we are talking with Alex Babin and Ryan Stedman um, of Zero, talking about artificial intelligence and its applicability in small law firms. Uh, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I want to be asking you guys about, let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. Three good AI technologies. I think we've already talked about two and we can use those, but uh, you know, three good AI technologies that a law firm uh, might be able to incorporate in the next, even if it doesn't exist, in the next, let's say, three to five years, and and what, how they get a return on that, and uh, then we'll talk. We'll ask a couple more questions before we reach the end. So uh, we'll be back with uh, Alex and Ryan right after these messages from our sponsors. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a first year to perform legal research or a seasoned attorney to assist with a complicated appellate brief. Law Clerk has hundreds of freelance lawyers with every level of experience and expertise. There are no sign-up or monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at www.lawclerk.legal. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com slash podcast for a special offer. That's answer1.com slash podcast. And we're back with Alex Babin and Ryan Stedman, um, the CEO and Chief Revenue Officers of Zero, um, and we're talking about artificial intelligence. Uh, and when we uh, we left off, we were talking about uh, what it is and what it isn't. Um, we talked about uh, how technology, sorry, artificial intelligence technology, can uh, improve these law firm businesses. But I said we're going to come back and get down to the nitty gritty. So that's what I'm going to do now. Gentlemen, I want to like let's pick just you know because artificial intelligence, as we've been discussing, can really has a huge and broad applicability. But let's pick three particularly applicable technologies and help us understand how a law firm should expect to get a return on investing in these technologies. Sure, Christopher. So one of the mainstream adoptions of AI started several years ago around contract review processes yeah. focused at an example of due diligence for mergers and acquisitions. Now, picture the scene. Uh, a decade ago, or even five years ago, you would have an army of associates sitting in a dark room for mm. days and days and days uh, looking through um, due diligence documents, looking for idiosyncrasies, making sure that contract A uh, said what it said it did on the paper, and, and making these comparisons on Excel, uh, compiling all that data, re-keying information, and spending dozens upon hundreds of hours understanding uh, the entire makeup of what that um, M&A transaction may look like. Um, what does that mean for the client? It means paying an extraordinary amount of money for an army of associates going through 10 million documents, 500,000 documents, whatever the case is, and paying for something that could very simply have been automated. So there's a cost involved okay, in that process. The other thing that's involved is the inordinate amount of 
downtime or lack of productive use of associates' time. Yes. Um, so again, you 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 can only throw so many resources at a problem uh, because it just you know it's it's a it's a matter of physics. You can't apply um, more resources to solving a problem unless you have something that can automate that, which is which is a machine. So so what we've seen is the concept of automation around uh, contract review. Um, lease reviews, any kinds of deep reading and understanding of terms, um, documents, concepts, entities, extracting entities out of documents to understand the co-relationship that document one has with document number 73, understanding the liabilities, the clauses. It's just painful. Yeah. So when the concept of automation or document review and, and contract review automation came about, law firms realized that they couldn't charge four, five, six hundred dollars an hour per associate to go through half a million documents. So they lost they started losing out on the profitability or the ability to charge by the hour. But what they gained on the other hand was rapid turnaround times. Um, if they could differentiate their service delivery across other law firm service delivery based on time, under budget, so on and so forth, you had return clients. You had firms or sorry, clients of firms coming back for more because they were efficient, uh, they were cost effective, and they got the job done so much faster than their competitors could get the jobs done. And having, yeah, and I imagine having been in one of those boiler rooms. I imagine the artificial intelligence is actually providing a more consistent uh, product as well. It absolutely is. So it's taking away any doubt, uh, any potential miskeying or misentering of data, and something as simple as capitalizing uh, a name versus not capitalizing a name. It doesn't provide a consistent data structure for for anyone to go through. Um, you know those those half a million or half a billion pages, so so that's where the concept of automation really started. But it's ballooned into other areas within law firm business processes. And if you were to look at for a second a business process map across law firms, they're very complex, they're very sophisticated, and we're only now starting to yield the benefits of how to automate those uh, inefficiencies by applying. Um, specific components of artificial intelligence. So the, the second and third um, applicable AI technologies uh, in our world at, at Zero is, is about predictive filing. Okay, so again, predictive filing. If you have to spend one, two, or three seconds cognitively thinking where that email or where that document should be filed, you multiply that three or four second delay cognitively, you multiply that by the number of hours in a day, the number of attorneys at a firm, the number of days in a week, month, year, so on and so forth. And you can start realizing and capturing the, the drain of, of resources. So predictive filing is a big deal. And again, it's a, it's a very small incremental change in automation but it's had a profound effect. So instead of having to spend one or two hours a week filing your emails uh, with a touch of a button, that can be done, and it's done in, a, in, in the space of five or ten seconds. So that's the other, the second, you know, primary area of, of AI or using AI to address, um, you know, a use case. 
The third, again, uh, is, is around time capture. If there were a way, if there were a nirvana to help attorneys capture time, build that time, substantiate that automatically with an AI-driven narrative, and to produce an invoice for their client that had all of those relevant, valid attributes associated with that phase, task, or activity, you're, again, you're not applying the administrative drag to the life cycle of that matter. So those are the three primary areas that we see AI having some significant uh, impact on, you know, on law firm productivity, but also morale. You know, um, people are now able to kind of spend time with their families. They're not, they're not writing time entries on a Sunday evening <laughs> yeah. or trying to reconstruct and defend bills um, that they just simply didn't have the time to capture a week or a month ago. I would also add um, one more layer uh, of uh, application for AI, and it's called security. Yeah. Uh, how many times uh, we as professionals did send emails to someone who shouldn't be getting it? That's a big problem, uh, especially with uh, mobile and mistyping the, the, the name and uh, misaddressing some documents. So machines are really good at picking up who should be uh, the, on the other side of, uh, of the line and getting this document or email. And if there is a wrong recipient, uh, it can be detected. So uh, it can be helped to actually uh, prevent sending the documents to someone who shouldn't be getting it. So that's very important as well. Oh, I think that's huge. That's, that's so yeah, Ryan, those are three immense time savers. And Alex, you just came into like with a whole new category, which are like really preventative, improving quality of what we do. Cause yeah, you're, you know, I think we've all done it to one, you know, with one level of severity or another. Just, you know, I meant to send it to Alex Anderson and not Alex Babin, but off it went. And uh, and that could be disastrous. And the price of a mistake with attorney sending some information might be huge. So in our case, uh, because zero is built around the concept of identifying uh, what is the matter and client and who is, uh, who are the people around that particular matter and client, the machine here can identify easily who is a part of matter client matter lifecycle here. And if someone uh, is not uh, inside this circle, uh, it can be easily identified. And the user can be warned saying, wait a second, you are sending someone who's never been part of that matter. Yeah. Well, I think those are great. And I think the the return on those uh, is pretty clear. And gentlemen, that is it. We are out of time on this show. There is so much more I'd love to talk to you about. Um, and I'm going to ask you, just be thinking about it in a minute as I wrap up here. Um, I'm going to ask uh, you to give us a way that listeners can get in touch with you. Um, but for now, this wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. Uh, my guests today have been Alex Babin, the CEO of Zero, and Ryan Stedman, who's the Chief Revenue Officer of Zero. Um, and gentlemen, if uh, our listeners want to learn more about Zero or about artificial intelligence or just follow up on some of what we've talked about, um, can you give us a Twitter address, a website, a place where they can get in touch with you guys and find out more? Absolutely. Uh, Christopher, so we have a LinkedIn page. If uh, your listeners were to simply type in Zero Cognitive Systems, uh, they'll see the feed come up on LinkedIn. Uh, we do have a website, of course, which is www.zeroapp, that's Z-E-R-O-A-P-P dot A-I. Uh, our Twitter feed is also zero on Twitter. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And for everybody that's for, uh, on this side of the uh, big pond, uh, that's Z is a Z. So Z-E-R-O, A-P-P dot A-I. Um, I think most people got that, but uh, just in case. All right. Well, thank you both again. This is Christopher Anderson. I look forward to seeing all of you, my listeners, next month with another great guest or guests as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.